0: Big it's all a whole lie everything you've been told everything you believe in honey
1: hey, mustard, you acting cray cray carl we shouldn't even be talking to this asshole everyone knows honey mustard's weird i mean what is he honey is he mustard it's like make up your mind or just kill yourself you
0: fucking idiots i've been there
1: i've seen that shit in there ain't no way i'm going back wait wait wait, wait. you've been to the great beyond great my asshole Everything we've ever known is a dirt-covered pile of shit, jacking off in our fucking faces, covering our eyes with their cum, so cum-covered
0: we can't fucking see! We don't know! We don't know they're jerking off into our
1: eyes! Our faces! Dude, shut up! The gods are gonna hear you talking about the them. gods! They're monsters! Horrible, ugly, disgusting monsters!
0: Hey, everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm
1: Andy McIntyre.
0: And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies
2: and we find their silver lining.
1: And this is the end of food month with the most food related movie that we've done. Yeah, also
0: I hope you uh, weren't playing that opening clip in public or in front of children. Um tried to find a clip that didn't sound
1: like that, but that was the whole movie. So, yeah, almost every line <laughs> contained something uh borderline objectionable. So, I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to, this might be well, we'll see we'll see how salty you and I get, but this might be the first one that has to get one of those little like disclaimers, yeah, the like language disclaimers, that's always by the way, like do you get kind of excited- I don't know if you have this, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but like I really I get very excited when this American life is like uh this version of the the podcast is unbleeped. uh, if you'd like a bleeped version, I'm like, oh, Ira, no, lay, oh. it, lay it on me, buddy, silly Ira, let me have it
1: <laughs> dirty and deep
0: uh no, I get excited. I'm what are they gonna say on public radio? Come on, hit me. So uh but yeah, so that's that's this week. I mean you and I will, you know, it say we'll be as salty as we normally are, which I think is yeah, I moderately. Feel like so. For the most
1: part, keep our mouths relatively clean. We try. Uh, but yeah, so we're best rat- fucking moving.
0: <laughs> that was beautiful. Uh <laughs> yeah, so so we're closing out. Uh as you said, the most food. I also feel like this is nice because now, you know, Thanksgiving. He's in the rear view, uh, which is unfortunately, It's my favorite
1: holiday, so by, I by, also love Thanksgiving.
0: But I, but I feel like this, this is a good bridge movie because it's still about food, but it's also very much about commerce. So I feel like we're we're smoothing into that transition uh, yeah, into
1: into commercial season.
0: Yeah, into Christmas.
1: Uh, so yeah, this the movie we're doing is Sausage Party. I don't think we said that. Oh, it's Sausage Party. It's the
0: Seth Rogen Evan. Goldberg? Is that a straight? Yeah, partner? he was involved. Yeah, uh, their movie, animated movie, hard R, obviously. Hard,
1: almost got an NC seventeen. It was like one tiny edit brought it back from a seven NC seventeen rating.
0: And that one tiny edit, true story, pubes. Yeah, they. That was like uh, one of the interesting things. Uh, the bits of trivia was that. They had submitted it and they kind of, you know, assumed that there were going to be cuts from the MPAA and different stuff. And there was like over the top stuff that they assumed would get them in trouble. And then there were like other stuff they were hoping to slip by. And that was the only thing. They're like, no pubes on the f- sentient food in this movie. Yeah. Uh,
2: so- they
1: took the South Park bigger, longer, and uncut approach to getting by the MPSSA. A. Uh, by just putting as many, putting a lot of like gr- egregious stuff they knew would get cut, with the hopes of getting some of the other stuff through because it paled in comparison.
0: Yeah. Just want to, since we're here to mention, I hate the MPAA. <laughs> they're terrible. Yeah. They're a terrible organization. Uh, they make no sense. Uh, they they're just whims. It's just the whims of a group, a shadowy group of people who just decide whatever they want.
1: And that's not to say that I think content warning shouldn't come with movies. Oh, no, I think content warning should be done much more in a much more egalitarian and uh, transparent manner.
0: Right. Also, I just don't think the actual system that we have is very good because it's like we just have these very – because – Again, to your point, and I'm sympathetic to parents and I'm sympathetic to parents specifically in a movie like this. This looks like a movie. It's it literally is designed to look like a movie that kids can watch. And kids should very much not watch this movie. No,
1: they should stay very far away from it.
0: But yeah, I think the important thing for parents, one it's all subjective, parents are different, you know, what they what one parent is comfortable showing their kid is going to be totally different from another parent. Also what you really need to know is what's in the movie and that is content warnings. And I think that part is important. And I think websites, you know, IMDb actually does have a lot of like, they'll, they'll kind of lay out uh, what's in a movie, you know, specifically for parents and stuff like that. I think that stuff's super important. I think there should be resources for parents to go before they see a movie to read exactly what's in a movie and decide if they want their kid to see it. But like just going, you know because and here's the thing i don't care about the ratings in general but there is hard data to show that if you give a movie an r rating it the financial success of that movie plummets there are theaters that won't show r rated movies uh there's just like it's empirical that like the the numbers just drop and if you give a movie an nc17 rating that movie is dead like it literally yes.
2: No, like barely any theaters will screen it and it just will lose money. And I don't think they should have that kind of power.
1: Yeah, I I would agree 100 percent. Had fewer people seen this movie, I might have been okay with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that was not anything specific to do with Sausage Party, but I just, since we were there, I thought I would throw out uh, some unsolicited opinions of the MPAA. I actually wrote a paper about them when I was in college. I've not liked them for a long time.
1: Yeah, and that was 75 years ago. It was
0: 75 years. It was right, yeah, it was like right when Hollywood was, be, you know, decided to create their own rating system to avoid government interference, you know? Yeah,
1: <laughs> Pretty, right, right on the cusp. Yeah, it was that pre-code era, (laughs) like,
0: back when Universal could make all those monster movies without getting in trouble. Yep. Those. (laughs) Yeah. Sinful,
1: sinful monster movies.
0: Which is so funny, you watch that stuff now and you're like, yeah, it's fine. I mean, they throw, like, (laughs) Frankenstein just hardcore tosses a child into a lake and drowns her, but like, you know, it's pretty pretty benign compared to uh, Hot Dog orgy.
1: Right, <laughs> just general food orgy.
0: Yeah, that's true, general food orgy. Um, okay, well, so all that being said, uh, speaking of things being in the past, maybe this is a place to start. This movie came out in 2016. It has aged poorly in five
1: years. Yeah. I'd be willing to bet, given interviews and things that I've seen from some of the creative team and stars, that... They would like this to go away, probably.
0: Yeah, it, it was a funny thing where it's like, I I watched this movie uh, Clutching My Pearls, obviously, the whole time, uh, as I do. But uh, <laughs> I went and looked at it because I, I, in my mind, I knew it came out recently. But watching, it, I was like, this had to come out like 15 years ago, right? Like somehow I'm not remembering it, but like they can't. They can't be doing that. Like just so many things that like now it like in, you know, it's kind of nice in a way if you think that we haven't progressed much as a society. And there's a lot of reasons to believe that we haven't, Uh, but man, the conversations that have been become more commonplace and the things that have become more commonplace are very apparent in this movie. And I'm talking specifically about like people of color voicing characters of color and not, White people doing stereotypical voices of how they think those characters should sound. Uh yeah, there's
1: and, yeah. There's one egregious, egregious example of this, and this is uh Bill Hader playing a, a bottle of uh ambiguous alcohol uh named Firewater, and he's doing a, a an offensive Native American stereotype.
0: Yeah, but uh a lot of the uh you know, the what Ed Norton is doing is really not much better. What uh No. There's a Middle Eastern character, I forget who voices that. Uh, David
1: Crumholtz, who is the, Jewish, voices a uh, very stereotypical uh, Arabic character Yeah, playing a piece of lavash.
0: Yeah, all of those voices done by people not of those ethnicities are not good. Ed and, and and Norton might be Jewish. Maybe Ed Norton is Jewish, uh, but in just... <laughs> And the way that this movie is dated, I did read that he he told people at the time that he based the voice on his friend Woody Allen.
1: So yes, he might friend not and collaborator Woody Allen.
0: <laughs> so he might not be as public. I mean, there's a point where you almost expect like Pudding Pops to be voiced by Bill Cosby in this movie. Like, that's how bad it is aged in five years.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be willing to bet that that reach was made. Probably. I mean, I, they probably made a call. I'm sure that I'm. I'm sure they made a call. Um. Yeah. It's amazing what can happen in five years.
2: Yeah. No. It's like it really.
0: Like I said, I if you had asked me how much things have changed in five years, I'd be like, not much. (laughs) You know, like for the good, (laughs) but. uh, But yeah, it's kind of wild to to watch. This movie is already kind of a time cap, and just a lot of like. Whatever a food is, it is just a stereotype of the people from that region, pretty much. Yes. In this yeah, movie.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, uh, that's Salma across Hayek the voices point. Is a taco. Yeah, yep. Uh, Craig Ferguson, vo- or Craig Robinson, sorry, not Craig Ferguson. Craig Robinson <laughs> voices a box of grits. Yeah, it's good that Craig Ferguson doesn't.
0: I also saw uh, in the IMDb trivia that... Uh, apparently, that used to be a, a parody of Uncle Ben's rice that was changed, uh,
1: and they dialed that back.
0: Yeah, so that was actually the restrained version.
1: There's a Hitler character. That, yes, the sauerkraut is a Hitler character. Yeah, it's it's wild. It's a lot. It's a lot. All right. So I did so we and fun fact, this movie has the highest I am or highest Rotten Tomato score of any movie we've watched so far for this podcast.
0: Yeah, it's wild. It's... Yeah, this is a movie that is like... It definitely is maligned. I definitely don't feel in any way that it's a stretch to be doing it, but there is a large contingent of people that seem to love this
2: movie uh, unconditionally. (laughs) Yeah. uh, I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to... (laughs) I'm trying to okay, what do you, what do you think? Where
0: how do we how do we tackle the this film? Like how how do
2: we approach it? It feels overwhelming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's a lot I mean, I guess, you know, let's start with the pitch. So it's very clearly
0: a parody of a Disney-type Pixar film, you know, something something in that vain uh much like probably most specifically toy story uh where toys are sentient but in this case uh food is sentient and uh the, it's about a bunch of food that lives in a supermarket they all believe that to be taken out of the supermarket
1: they they view humans as gods and they it's believe It's essentially cats <laughs> Yeah. We're all trying to get taken to the great beyond, which is death. Well, and yes, much like cats, they're being murdered in the end. I'm pretty. We did. You can go I back. I think and it's listen. heaven, but it's just murder.
0: It's just murder. Like we. Yeah. Like we had with. Uh, what was. What's Jennifer Hudson? What is that cat's name? Uh, Grizabella. Grizabella, who's just uh wicker
1: man style murdered at the end of that. Yes. Yeah. As For we just belting out a banger of a song.
0: Well, that was that was the beginning of this year, wasn't it? All right. I believe that we did that.
1: Time means nothing.
0: I know. It feels like it feels like we did that episode before this movie came out somehow. <laughs> that feels more <laughs> And than... that's not true at all. No, but uh, but yeah, you can go back and listen to our cats episode. But, uh, but yeah, so the food believes that to be bought means that you're ascending to some sort of uh, heaven like afterlife uh, when in fact they're being horribly murdered by humans who are unaware that this is happening which makes all of this like just an existential
2: hell that every yeah. single character is living in. <laughs> it, this also so much. And and I I'm not sh- like it's it's interesting because I mean I know a
0: bit of and I'll just say like I in general I like Seth Rogen like same uh, big fan. Um I I know a bit about him to know that he is someone who uh, is Jewish, but not religious. Like, he, he's not, like, super practicing. Like, it, it, this movie feels like maybe it's trying to say something about religion, but I I struggle to actually parse
1: out what its view on religion I, is. I think if you take a step back, this movie is actually making a harsher indictment of religion than it intended. Right. Um, Because it's essentially saying that... One of the non-perishables, uh, a group of foods that don't go bad, like a Twinkie, a bottle of liquor, and a box of grits, I think are the leaders of the unperishables. All of them, horrible stereotypes. Horrible stereotypes. Yes. Um, but they make up this lie about getting to go to heaven, you know, getting to go to the great reward beyond, as a way to placate the masses who are worried about their fate.
0: Right, because they know the truth that they're all going to die horribly and just
1: want them to
0: not freak out about it until it's too late, I guess.
1: Right, which you could argue that that is a purpose that religion serves in society.
0: Which, again, I'm not sure is what the movie is arguing, but it's definitely a theme in the movie. Like, I don't know how intent. like to your point, I don't know how intentional that messaging is, but that messaging is definitely there. This doesn't feel like when uh, Ricky Gervais did the invention of lying or whatever, where it's just like
1: that ham handed mess that we could absolutely do for this
0: podcast. Where, yeah, he just stops acting about 20 minutes in and just looks into the camera like Bill Maher comes out. And they both just start looking into the camera and say that anyone who believes in religion is stupid. And it's yep. six hours
1: long. Yeah. Yeah. And most of it is just a blank stare, like yeah. Dora the Explorer.
0: And then every once in a while, Ricky Gervais would be like, I don't care.
1: Does he walk in? Just... Yeah, yeah. Man, that's, Oof, that was good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, anyways. But um, like I said, I, yeah, knowing like, just what I've
0: heard of from Seth Rogen in interviews, I don't think That's what he set out to do with this movie in any way. I don't think it was meant to be a takedown of religion.
1: No, and I think that... um, From what I read in the IMDb, is that this movie started as a bit that he and Jonah Hill were doing on various movie sets that their next project was going to be Sausage Party. Can you imagine... Stop for a second and imagine that. So imagine two friends who spend a lot of time together
0: just coming up with imaginary pitches for movies what dorks right first of all what dorks but they but think about it then then they get to make one of those
1: movies
2: wouldn't that isn't that the dream
1: I guess I mean who would make out just sit there and pitch things to their buddies and talk about them then you know losers what a weird choice (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyways back to this podcast (laughs) where we talk about movies and then come up with pitches for better movies (laughs) Um, but no, and the, and I think that, and according to the IMDb, that in talking about the possibility of doing this movie, they realized just what an existential nightmare it would be to be food if it were sentient.
2: Yeah, I think, I think what
0: what's interesting and maybe what happened, yeah, that it was started as a joke, but then I get, but it, it seemed like this movie was in development for a long time, but like at some point it it hit the forward momentum of actually getting made and yeah, I think a big problem is that the, uh, the world that it created is, is a nightmare. Like it really is. And I think at times, you know, and I'm sure we'll, we'll talk uh, a bit about the ending, but like, I think the movie leans into how horrible it is, but it's still a question of like, well, why are we doing this? <laughs> like, what you know, I know that, look, I'm not trying to talk out of school. I'm not trying to blow up anyone's rep, but. But I understand that Seth Rogen enjoys uh, occasionally smoking marijuana, I've heard.
1: That is true about him. He does. Yeah. He occasionally will partake in the devil's lettuce.
0: And I just wonder if maybe this is like a bad trip where it's like, wouldn't it be wild if this thing happened and then his brain spiraled into- And then into... people
1: just didn't say no when and, they should
0: have. Yeah, and then his
1: brain
2: just spiraled into a very dark place.
1: That That is- I think that's a reasonable- possibility yeah i will just say that i i get i get like i think there's a
0: good instinct here i think in a i mean i'm i really enjoy south park bigger longer i cut i think same you know in in general i'm a fan of adult animation like i i think it's a cool thing uh it's a fun medium that's very versatile and like it's 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 nice to see america start to realize that you can do more with it than just kids' cartoons and all of that. Uh I, I think the instinct to to do a parody of Disney is smart. And it kind of makes me think of something like Avenue Q that I really like, which I think is really right,
1: good. That is a that's more of a Sesame Street parody, more Muppets parody. But I'm saying
0: but... the idea of taking something that we all grew up with and then doing do... something
1: wholesome and skewering it.
0: Yeah, yeah and making it a, a an adult version that's funny is a good instinct. I totally get it. I just think that, you know, in, in not to say that like toy story has flawless logic, but it's pretty linear in its pitch toys for whatever reason, uh, are sentient. And when you, when children leave the room, the toys can interact, but they've made a pact to not interact, like not let the kids know that, um, they're alive they're alive and all they want in the world all the
1: the biggest dream for a toy is to be played with that and you can take a step back from that and realize how terrifying that whole world is
0: right that's what i'm saying is like not to say that there aren't problems but i'm just saying as a pitch
2: it's It's very straightforward i think
1: i mean uh it's and it's not unique to toy story uh the muppets did a christmas toy that was basically the same premise yeah you know, also, it's, a, it's a thing. And every kid in the world has imagined that their toys come to life when they're not looking.
0: Yeah, what was it? Like, I'm trying to remember. There was a movie from when, like, when we were younger that had, like, army men that came to life or something. Well, they were Toy like... Story. No, I'm... There's another... Oh, Small Soldiers. <clears throat> small Soldiers. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Like, there's... Yeah, there's... So, there's other... There's histories of this. But, okay. So, all of that to say somehow and i'm guessing because the name sausage party is you know like was amusing to them delightful pun right uh for penises um but um i think okay so the your food is alive but then you know again with toys it's like you can just argue you know i don't know once the toy's finished once it comes off the factory floor for some reason it has a, a soul i guess like it comes to life the the food thing is
1: very... Because a lot of food is alive. <laughs> right. Or was alive.
0: So, first of all, there's that. So, specifically with sausages, which are what the title character is, or he's a hot dog. I mean, it's called Sausage Party. Is he a hot dog or a sausage? He's a hot dog. I, okay. So, it should be called Hot Dog Party, first of
1: all. But... <laughs> well, hot dog is a type of sausage. And it's a sandwich, I mean, I'm not going to get into that fight, (laughs) but a hot dog is indisputably like it is a type of sausage. Is it okay? Yeah, it is a bunch of scraps of meat stuffed into a casing and sold for consumption. So, like a a sausage.
0: So, a calzone is a sausage.
1: No, (laughs) because it's (laughs) meat into a casing. It's not not put into uh, an intestine casing.
0: Okay, so anything, so if a sausage has not intestines as a case, then it's not a sausage.
1: All sausage has <laughs> intestines. I mean, there's there's uncased sauce. God, food sucks. I hate food. Let's stop eating it.
0: <laughs> I really just, I don't know why I was trying to have a gotcha moment with you, but I <laughs> I know what you mean. I Okay, so, so there are hot dogs which are a type of sausage, which I, to be honest, just learned just now, but I'm going to accept that knowledge. Um, but... Okay. So sausage is made from pigs, which are living or creatures. Or beef or chicken or whatever. Or beef or chicken, but like so pigs or cows or chickens uh those are all living things. Yeah. So so I guess you kill that thing and then you grind it up and then you put it into a casing and then
2: it comes to life.
1: Similarly, yeah, is it something in the processing that brings it to life because like all the vegetables that come to life are farmed. Like they're not like grow you're not like seeing them alive on the on the plant.
0: Right. Like there's a potato that's alive, like there's yeah, all these There's t- tomatoes, there's the yeah.
1: cabbage that's a really good and corn that's a really good singer for the opening number. Oh,
0: right. Yeah, all the corn. Um yeah, so so you have that, but then you get into things so like the buns are alive and they're ladies, apparently. All because all sausages are men and all buns are women. Um and but that raises a question because so flour in the movie is also sentient like right. bags of flour but then there's a thing in the movie where sometimes the the packaging is what sentient And like, so every like grain of flour is not alive, but the bag of flour is alive. But then there's a, (laughs) at the end of the movie, there's like Mentos and the packaging of Mentos is alive, but also each individual Mento is alive. And then sometimes the packaging isn't sentient and it's more of like clothing and it's whatever. So there's, I'm just saying. The rules are fast and loose. The rules are fast and loose based on uh, whatever Made sense for each whatever character they're doing.
1: Yeah. Speaking of, they don't call them actual Mentos in that, but it never occurred to me that Mentos was plural. Oh, because I just said Mento. No, it, it is no. I, I'm saying it had it has had that wasn't the first time it occurred to me, but for a long time, like, I, but I guess like Skittles, one Skittle, that makes sense. But I don't know why with Mentos, I just thought like they're just Mentos. And then but yeah, meant one one serving of that candy is a mento. Yeah. And it's just that I don't know why that never clicked for me for longer than it should have. Yeah. I want to put that into the we'll let people know about how dumb I am.
0: Yeah, well, I didn't know that hot dogs were sausages. So we're we're so all we're all dumb dumbs. We're all idiots. Uh yeah, so but yeah, the what what a sentient thing is is a very because uh, again, so then like for the honey mustard, the it's the jar that's sentient and, like, the goo inside. is like... And same with jelly. Yeah. Same with the douche. Okay, so that's also a thing. We haven't talked about that yet, but, like, food items, but also everything that's sold in a grocery store is right. also alive.
1: Uh, as long as they need it to be alive for the scene, because sometimes it's just sitting on the shelf.
0: Right, but... But so here's the other thing. So all these things are alive, but humans don't know they're alive, but they seem to be able to move in front of humans. But unless humans ingest bath salts, uh, they don't uh, recognize that they're moving. Like because there is a scene where that's horrific, that is horrible, where this woman uh, murders a lot of characters that we've been following up until that point, including the character Jonah Hill is voicing. That's a sausage
1: hot dog. Ah, uh, whatever. But uh, and Michael Sarah and just other characters that we've gotten to know are all in the scene. Well, doesn't Michael? But Michael Sarah. Michael Sarah escapes. escapes. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: but when Jonah Hill dies, spoilers. I'm sorry, but uh, he and Michael Sarah are in the windowsill. They're loose hot dogs standing in a windowsill, about to jump out of the window, and she stabs him through with the human character stabs the hot dog through with a knife and then cooks it.
1: What <laughs> what was she seeing?
0: Right. Like what is her experience of this? That there's a hot dog loose, not in the package, in her windowsill, and she thinks I should cook this.
1: And also and like hot dogs are round if you leave them on a surface, there's a chance they could roll sure. It's but standing not changing levels. It's or also standing up on end.
0: It's standing up on end. And it's trying to jump out. And again, from the perspective of when we see them, they have arms and legs, but they don't have arms and legs when the humans in the movie are seeing them unless those humans have ingested
2: bath salts.
1: Right. Unless you shoot up bath salts.
2: Yeah. So. The, the, the whole
0: the whole premise just feels very sweaty is really what we, so it's terrible. Uh, They learn this truth and it's a nightmare, but also it doesn't even make sense. Like, it's very unclear how any of this would function. There's a piece of gum that has a a motorized wheelchair that's a parody of Stephen Hawking. I don't know what humans think. That may have been under the table of Stephen Hawking's lab. Yeah. I don't know what humans think that is (laughs) when they see it. Because it's in a wheelchair that moves. Right. Um, so there's a there's a lot of stuff like that, that is just unclear. the The whole story is just
1: odd. There's there's also just like, well, there's like like there are three stories going on, but it's not like an A story, a B story, and a C story. Yeah, they're almost competing narratives. Yeah, because there's there's the bag of Franks that gets taken to the. Uh, house and the horrific murder happens.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh and the baby carrots are babies. Let's just point that out too. And get eaten. And get eaten. It's like just raw. Graphically. Yeah, like Like they show inside the mouth of the babies getting baby carrots getting like chewed up.
0: Which and again, the humans have no idea this is happening. So humans right. are are murdering these things with no awareness that they're doing it. Yeah. But also the, um, one of the the problem so okay uh, this is just as a microcosm of the the problem just in the what, what are we doing here of this movie there is a character that uh is the first one to take the basalts. he's just a like a, a stoner druggy whatever he's he's his the guy who the, does a lot book,
1: of it, I think his name in the I the cast list is, Druggie. is druggy is druggy by James Franco
0: Voiced by James Franco obviously uh, and so he's the first one. He, he does the basalts and then he realizes he can. He, he then understands that these things are alive. But he has a moment because, again, so it's everything. The bag of chips are alive. So it's not even just like, again, like animals, but every bit of food that a human would consume is alive. And yes. And so then. He, I think he even says like, "I'll eat gravel." Like he, he's horrified to discover this. But then there isn't
2: uh, any kind of solution. So then he is murdered,
1: accidentally. Sort of. Well, accidentally. It's kinda. like a Rube Goldberg fifth or uh, final destination style decapitation.
0: But it, but it also is implied that Michael Syrah is kind of like pushing him a little like trying to lean like he he's trying to survive but like he he might push him like once he the rube goldberg is happening he maybe gives that like last tap to ensure that he dies right so then he dies and then somehow
2: (laughs) this hot dog drags a human head to a grocery store and then shows it to his friends And then they murder all of the customers and have an orgy. Yeah. And now if you have not seen this movie and you think I made any of that up, that is exactly what happens. Yeah.
1: uh, I, I don't know what else to say.
2: All
0: right. Well, hey, we'll be back next week for. Oh Christmas. no! I mean, oh.
1: about the plot of the movie. Oh, I thought we were done. We I, no, we're not done. No, yet. I know. We didn't come. We didn't get out on a. I'm sorry, Shar Jackson line. Right, right, right. Okay. So,
0: um, so it's a. I mean i I don't want to keep hammering this because why? But
2: like, right. it's a nightmare world. Hmm. And then at the end, the very end. For some reason,
0: it then blows up the world and just l- like tells you the characters learn that, they, that are they are fictional characters, fictional characters in a movie, and then they travel through some kind stargate. of Stargate to murder the voice actors. So, like Seth, they say Seth Rogen and Ed Norton, they name check the real people, right? And they're going
2: to kill them, presumably.
1: In our world, I guess, and we don't see them actually get to the re- the quote unquote real world. Um, it just credits roll.
0: I did read that they filmed the scene with Seth Rogen, Ed Norton, and I think it was Michael Cera. Like that was cut from the film. Where we actually? Good? Yeah, I think they screened it and then decided not to show it, <laughs> which yeah. makes you wonder. How that screening went. That was the only note.
1: Everything else is great, but uh, that whole Who Framed Roger Rabbit bit at the end, let's not.
0: Yeah. So that happened, and I read a number of things
2: saying that, you know, I think Seth Rogen is hoping for a a sausage party, too.
1: Well, considering this movie came out 17 years ago, nothing... And it hasn't come out yet. No, it came out five years ago, but it feels like it came out 17 years well, ago. And as you
0: said, some of the actors are now distancing themselves from the characters they voiced. Yes. It's, I like its chances. We should also just mention, because we should pivot soon, that uh, the animators were horribly abused uh, yes. making this. Overworked d- and underpaid. And some of them, in fact, were, uh, fired and, uh, like the, the guy who ran the animation studio, like threatened to blacklist them from the industry and didn't credit them, uh, in the credits, because they he because like a big part of this was how cheap they were able to make it where I, I think it said it cost like 20 million versus the hundred million that like a a Disney a typical
1: movie. 90 minute animated feature would make a uh, computer animated feature would make.
0: But it seems like the way that they got that number so cheap was by the studio is based in Toronto that doesn't have the same unions that we have here. And uh, they just made all the animators uh, do unpaid overtime. Right.
1: So it's easy. And, to, I mean, the animation is intentional. I think intentionally, like not of the highest quality. Like that was an, also an artistic choice.
0: I like I think the way that the movie looks is is perfectly fine. I, I you know, it's, I think it's animated. Right. Well, I don't like the, I, I think it was a mistake to make the Kristen Wiig and the other ladies the hot dog buns, because I don't think or at least to use the character design they did because it's a weird character design. But other than that, I, I think every uh, character design is great.
1: Yeah, and what I mean to say is like it's meant to not look like Pixar. Well, it's it's meant. Yeah,
0: it's done intentionally less polished. I think. Right. Yeah. Like that. That and is that's for sure. Not
1: getting into the exploitation of the animators. Yeah, right? but I just
0: also did not want to finish this episode without <laughs> calling that out. No, that's I think terrible. That
1: definitely bears mentioning.
0: Yeah, uh, but that. Other than that, I don't have anything else specific that I want to malign. I don't know if you want to try to pivot.
1: I mean, we could hit a little harder on some of the other gross stereotypes, but... eh. Yeah, like I said, they've aged badly. Their stereotypes are bad.
0: Just to make that clear one more time, uh, there's a lot of people playing ethnic stereotypes uh, that are not the ethnicity that they're playing, and they're... They weren't cool in 2016, and they look
1: much worse now. F- five short, long years later, right? And I thought it was weird that the, the sentient food smoked weed out of a kazoo.
0: Yeah, I don't know what that choice was. That was because it's Seth Rogen, and he wants to have
1: weed smoking in his movie.
0: Well, right, but I mean the kazoo specifically. I don't.
2: I don't know what <sighs> that was. Um. Yeah, let's let's pivot. Craig Robinson will always make me
0: laugh regardless of of what he's doing. Uh, And I, again, everything aside about these characters and and who they are, uh, him shouting about literal crackers. (laughs) That was funny. Made me laugh. I thought it was great. So Craig Robinson, once again, silver lining in a maligned movie that we've done on this show. And he always will be. Always will be. Yeah, I don't want to see the movie where that's not true. Oh, God. Yeah, me neither. Uh but yeah, he was great. I mean the the casting it's you know, I like these people.
1: <laughs> like, yeah, I I like basically everybody in the cast. Yes. To uh, varying degrees. Yes. Um
0: I um I'm s I like Bill Hader so much I wish he was doing something else in this movie. But Yes, that's very true. Uh but yeah. Everyone, everyone is enjoyable. I, I found it funny. I couldn't tell if it was intentional or unintentional, but that Nick Kroll is once again uh, playing a douche. He played the douche in uh, Parks, Parks and Rec. And, and now he's playing literally a douche, a douche. in this movie.
1: So I, I do love one thing I did, did read about this. and This piece of trivia made me chuckle. Is that originally it was like a very snooty British character, the douche? Yeah. And they realized that wasn't douchey enough, so they just went full out aggro bro. Which I think was a good choice. I think Nick Kroll's doing good work in this movie. like specifically. Yes, I, I agree. Would, yeah. I'm a Nick Kroll fan.
0: Yes, and I think that this is a great role for him that I think stands up. Because again, I mean, the character he's playing is terrible, but meant to be. Right. Uh, so yeah, no, I think he worked. Um, I, so I love Alan Minken. <laughs> just in general. Yeah. <laughs> I think Alan Menken is one of if not the greatest uh composer of like uh songwriters ty- of yeah. of these type of animated movies that they're parodying. Uh he's he's definitely one of the greats if not the best of our lifetime. And the fact that he apparently loved this was super into writing the- so he wrote the song at the
1: beginning uh and which is a great like classic alan menken style opening right
0: yeah like when you hear the world number yeah when you when you find out that he wrote it you're like oh that makes total sense but so he wrote the song and then apparently enjoyed it so much and liked the opportunity to do uh something a little blue yeah something that was blue where he said he i think i read a quote from him that was something to the effect of in real life i'm very adult so i liked getting to do uh an adult animated thing so like look Alan Minkin having a ball because <laughs> he also then he was only supposed to do this song and then he ended up doing the full score, uh, for the movie. I, I love that. I sincerely do. Yeah, I like Alan I did Minkin. I really like that
1: too. And he can do whatever he wants. So, uh, yeah. No, he's built up all the goodwill for, uh, writing the soundtrack to many a childhood. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so that was cool. Like, I enjoyed that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to phrase this. Okay. But I while I didn't necessarily like where it wound up, I do at least tip of the cap that they did go for it. Like they put they pushed they they like they they went pedal to the metal. They 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 went all out.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's what I was trying to
0: say. You know, of like, while I didn't enjoy this, I I enjoy that they tried it. I think, like, I I wish that they had done a different pe- Like, I think there was something here. You know, I mean, it. I don't know. Like, it feels very A to A, and this has probably been done on the internet already. But like, even if it was like sex toys instead of regular toys, or like, so, you know what I mean? Like, there was something to be done in this adult maybe
1: even like maybe even sentient food if they explored the existential dread of it a little bit less in the way that toy story doesn't explore the existential dread of these immortal things with a soul that can potentially never die and like well that's the thing is like yeah i think
0: one thing that they missed is you know Parody Disney for God's sakes the the company oh, yeah the company is too powerful and and everyone should be <laughs> like trying to take them down a notch if they can but when you look at a Pixar movie there is a lot of work that goes into what are we saying with this movie and and you know whether you agree with the message or not if you look at like Toy Story there. They're movies about nostalgia. They're movies about uh, child, you know, childhood ending and sort of like uh, what it means to to, to to you know, as the Bible says, "Put away your childish things" or whatever. But like, you can look at each movie and there's a theme to that movie, you know. Like, and the I don't know why I'm thinking most specifically of the third one, but it's like Andy goes to college and then what's going to happen to his toys, uh, which kind of gets into some stuff about like consumerism and you know, like. Uh, toys being thrown away or donated, or what's gonna happen? Or the the first one's about like Woody was his favorite toy, but now it's Buzz, and and like point being, you can look at the movie and you can figure out what it's saying. And I think the thing that Sausage Party missed is like while it's parodying the idea of something like Toy Story, I don't think it really knows what it's saying. You know, it it doesn't know how to yeah tackle the world that it created and then i think in the end it
2: just leans into carnage and world breaking because it doesn't know what to do with this world
1: yeah i i I would agree with that um which i think goes back to maligning it but at the same time like i do applaud the effort
0: yeah yeah sorry i wasn't trying to malign it but i was more just saying like I think that they could have done something in this world. I think they just needed to figure out what they wanted to say, you know? Yeah. And again, I'm not saying like they needed to get on a soapbox or it needed to have some deep message, but it's just like, you needed
1: a clear theme. They like needed a, an angle that they didn't seem to have.
0: Yeah. Like a, just a perspective of, of what they were doing. Um, I, you know what? Fine. I'll call this a silver lining. I saw that the the animators, who, as we made it clear, were overworked, um, delivered – I think they were supposed to deliver, like, a nine-minute sex scene, and then they, they – whatever they turned in was, I think, like, 12 minutes or something. It was longer and more ridiculous, and they added a bunch of stuff uh, from what was in the script, and then that's why, like, the way you sort of get a montage of a lot of stuff, like, they had to cut down – but – I don't know. That amuses me that these poor overworked yes. animators clearly
1: enjoyed uh, animating Making a bunch of just showing a uh, very sex positive orgy amongst the food. The, like clearly male identifying food, having sex with each other, female identifying food, having sex. Everyone just having sex with everyone was a big polyamorous mess.
0: Yes. Um, I'm not sure why Salma Hayek said taco and baco and not baco like it felt like that should have rhymed but i i wanted to like that line but you got to i think you have to lean into once you go taco you never go baco
1: yeah or pronounce it taco <laughs> i don't think she can i don't think her soul I don't will think let her, she's okay, i think <laughs> her soul think not quit. let her say like, uh, salma you know great read uh, could you pronounce the first part taco no i don't why I <laughs> is it a different food <laughs> like what well, and, and what is a taco <laughs>
0: Uh, I'll say, I, look, I'll just say it specifically. Um, I love Salma Hayek.
1: She's great. Same. And, and I Big found fan. her charming in this movie.
0: <laughs> I don't just think... Just her
1: wrestling with her own uh, sexuality was a fun, just unnecessary character bit, but she had a character deal and it played out throughout the movie.
0: I just think, weirdly, we don't talk about how funny Salma Hayek actually is. Like, that... You know, I mean, she like I think everybody likes her and I think she's had a really good career, but I don't think she gets talked about like she gets talked about as an actor, but not as like a comedic actor specifically.
1: Right. And because I don't think she gets to do. Just pure comedy enough for how talented she is. But she's like, really good at it. Like, I loved like her, her in thir- character in Dogma is, I think, gets some of the biggest laughs in the movie.
0: Yeah, Dogma for sure. But I was thinking, like, too, like, 30 Rock, she's really funny in. She is like, really funny in 30 Rock. Like, she just, when she's allowed to do straight comedy, she always nails it. And, yeah, I think she's funny in this movie. Her character is bizarre in this movie, but, uh, but I still. It,
1: it could be that in Spanish language stuff, she does get to do straight comedy, and we just haven't seen it because we're uncultured yokels. That is us, you know. That's definitely that was the original
0: uh, title of this show. It was going to be uncultured yokels uh,
1: who think they know more about movies than Hollywood. <laughs> but uh, that, but that one was taken. So yeah, and that show is great. If you haven't heard uh, it, so if you can find it, yeah, they're not as consistent as we are with weekly episodes. But man, when when and a, and a new app of uncultured yokels who think they know more than Hollywood drops. What I love Insta lesson for me.
0: What I love is their dinner and a movie feature. So they'll watch a movie and they'll they'll talk about why they think it's better, but then they'll also share like a recipe for possum or yeah. or trash stew.
1: And they're they're all delicious. I've made them all, you know. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in and, and here's the weird thing is they say they're uncultured yokels, but they offer vegetarian and vegan alternatives for their proteins and things.
0: Yeah, and it's also I mean you are like oh they're making possum and then it's like you start looking at it it's like 13 14 steps you, you like just it's like very intricate a lot of ingredients like it's there's a lot of craft that really goes into you know making that food.
1: But yeah, that's uh you know if you if you can find it it doesn't post quite as often as I would like, but when an app drops
0: I also i just want to give a shout out uh to the host bradley of that show who uh you and i andy we've we've been fans of it for a long time so we've been listening to every episode he he is a as i said like he's a brilliant chef and he uh had a bit of a substance abuse problem he burned a lot of bridges uh but he's actually really trying to get his third michelin star and that's something that they've been covering on the show a lot and i i've found that really interesting like he, yeah it's he hasn't changed at all as a person, but for some reason, I'm really invested in his quest to to yeah. get this third
1: Michelin star. Uh, and maybe one day he'll learn to treat his female coworkers with respect. But yeah, else? and and it's cool because
0: uh, like while he's still while I'm still hoping for that, but like one thing that's been happening that I think might be helping him is that. He started having these like LSD like hallucinations every time he eats food where like the emotions of the female chef uh, are actually imbued into the food. And uh, so he feels whatever emotion she felt. And there's a lot of
1: floating for some yeah, reason. Yeah, a lot of floating. It's and it, it's amazing how well they communicate it just purely via audio. Well, a lot of that is filled in by
0: the, the talking crab. The, right, The sentient crab that's the third host right on the show. Uh,
1: and then they just have a bunch of lesbians over for Thanksgiving. Yeah,
0: which I think is nice. And I think that that's kind of helping Bradley expand his worldview a bit because they hate him. They, they do not like him.
1: Yeah, uh, but I okay. will say the last episode, um, too many dudes. Like, it was a bit of a, a wiener fest.
0: Yeah, it really, it really was. And everyone got high
1: uh, and a baby almost died.
0: But uh, but that's been, like, pretty much the last month on their show. So I don't yeah. know why I recapped it all for you. But you can go back and listen but to you that. Should,
1: but, like, that's just the pitch. Like, you got to hear the details.
0: Yeah. I mean, the devil is in the details. So... <laughs> this has been Food Month. We <laughs> did it. So <laughs> This has been Food Month. Uh, see if you can guess what, what we're doing next month. I bet you can.
2: Silver Linings
1: Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak
2: Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. How many times has this
0: happened to you? I just want to listen to a podcast. I can't choose from all these complicated structures and setups. You want to listen, not think. That's why there's Hobo Radio. You'll feel like the smartest guy in the room in a room by yourself. This doesn't take any intellectual thinking at all. Thanks, Hobo Radio. Hobo Radio, a weekly podcast on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network.